Happy Easter. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And welcome to Meadowbrook Church Online on this Easter Sunday morning. And I'm so glad that through the wonder of technology, we can gather together like this today. And we continue out of, uh, out of an abundance of wisdom and caution uh, to meet this way. We love you. We love our community. We want to help to keep everyone safe and well. And so for the near future, and hopefully that not that long, uh, we'll meet this way. Please know that throughout the week, we're putting out our very best effort to give you our very best to keep you encouraged. And so I encourage you to stay connected with us. So many things on our website and uh, all of our social media, so many other things going on with all of our departments and areas of ministry, uh, because we're here for you and we love you and uh, we want to help you and encourage you in every way that we can. So today, um, as you're gathered there in your living room, bedroom, wherever you might would be. I'm in my study and um, thankful again that we can uh, join together this way today. Um, hey, today use the uh, chat feature, if you will, and let us know where you're watching from, who you're watching with, and uh, if you have any questions, if you have any prayer requests, and, and oh my goodness, if you have any praise reports, we would love to hear those as well. You may also want to take a picture today of your family worshiping, having church at home. This is kind of historic today. And uh, we would love to see those. Uh, hashtag NBC Ocala on all of our social media. And uh, we just love, we miss you. We, we would just love to see you. And then very exciting, beginning next Sunday, and for several weeks, I will be doing a new series called New Normal. And I believe the Lord has put some things on my heart that are, that are going to give us some guidance and also some encouragement as uh, we go into still some more uncertainty. But there are some things we can absolutely be certain about. And I believe this will encourage us and guide us, as I said. Well, as we begin this Easter message, let me, let me read to you from Matthew's Gospel uh, beginning in uh, chapter 28, the first eight verses. It says, early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning from heaven, uh, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the women, Don't be afraid, he said. I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come, see where his body was lying, and now go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and he's going ahead of you uh, to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. And the women ran quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, and they ran to bring the disciples this good news. Good news indeed. One Sunday morning, the greatest single event in all of human history took place, Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And we are a church. We are a people that believe that Jesus literally, physically rose from the dead. We are Easter people. I want to read to you also from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And the Apostle Paul writes, For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. This is the central 
an essential truth of, of Christianity. This is not a legend. This is not a fable. This is the actual foundation uh, of our faith. Without the resurrection, the cross is meaningless. Really, without the, the resurrection, the cross is a tragedy. Um, it is a defeat. And Good Friday is, is not so good at all. And, but we believe that he rose from the dead. And by doing so, gave us victory over sin, over death, and to give us a meaningful life and the power to live it, restored to a relationship with our Heavenly Father, and then one day, a home in heaven forever. It's important in the days that we're in, we have so much going on, so much uncertainty and fear and uh, so many things that I just believe it's very important that we elevate the historical, the spiritual, the eternal, to elevate those things and truths above the present, unpleasant, and temporary. We have to think big picture. And God is a big picture God. As I shared on Good Friday, if you only look at the events of that day, it does not look good at all. But if you step back with our big picture God and see the big picture, then you say, yes, that indeed is Good Friday. And what Easter teaches us is the worst thing is never the last thing. See, we can be confident that he who has begun a good work in us, he will finish it. I like to put it this way. God never ends on a negative. So if something is still negative, it just means that God's not done working. So again, Easter reminds us that the worst thing is never the last thing. It might be Friday, but Sunday is coming. And so that's what we celebrate at Easter the big picture. Now, we see that Jesus told them, and, and the angel, if, we, if you caught that in, in the passage I read, Matthew 28, he said, see, he's risen just like he told you that it would happen. Uh, four times alone in uh, Matthew's gospel, he, he told them that he would be risen. Let me go back into Matthew 28, verse 5 and 6. And then the angel spoke to the women he said, don't be afraid. He said, I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He has risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Now, just prior to this, on, on just before Palm Sunday, a week before, Jesus told them the whole story again. Let me read that to you from Matthew 20, verse 17 through 19. Now, Jesus going up to Jerusalem, this is him about to be Palm Sunday, took the 12 disciples aside on the road and said to them, Behold, we're going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and to the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify. And the third day he will rise again. And he was speaking of himself, letting the disciples know, and this is the important thing, he told them, all of this would happen, but he told them he would rise again. And that's what the angel shared with the women when they came to that tomb today. He's risen again, just like he said he would. Now, think about this, to rise again. How? How on earth? I mean, um, 
all that he went through and think not just physically what we know that way. And that's, that's pretty hard to, to think about. And we have some great movies depicting things like that. And as we read historically and medically what took place, it's, it's kind of hard to, to even imagine that anyone could come back from that. And then think on the other side of this spiritually, what all was being taken care of uh, through the death and the resurrection in between that time. How, how could he be risen from the dead? Romans chapter 6 verse 4 said that Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. By the glory of the Father. Uh, literally, it's the glorious power of the Father. The 20th century New Testament puts it this way, by a manifestation of the Father's power. The glory is really the presence and the power of God. So how was Jesus raised from the dead? It's the glory of the Father, which was this. It's the presence and the power of God. Certainly the Holy Spirit is the agent of action for that. So for him to rise from the dead, mark this now, it would take the presence and the power of God. We can't even imagine. I mean, I can't even imagine what it took, you know, what he went through to, to defeat death and sin and curse and hell and the grave and darkness and the devil to defeat them and to come back, you know, from all of that. Plus then his virtue, his body was virtually destroyed and, and then the resurrection power of God makes him alive again and brings him back from all of that. And then just think physically what it would take uh, to come out of the tomb. Um, historically, uh, they would wrap their bodies in lieu of what in modern day we do as embalming. They would wrap their bodies, and you, you can read about it in the Gospels, that the women prepared spices and linens and came, and they would wrap the body. Um, a couple places I read in, in you know historic accounts uh, sometimes it would be 60 to 100 pounds of spices that they would wrap in. And so literally, you know, to wrap like a mummy and, and to put all in there, you know, close to 100 pounds of spices. Just imagine getting out of that. And then to get out of the tomb, um, you had a, about an eight foot in diameter granite wheel, about a, a, a foot wide, uh, probably weighed close to three or four tons. And for that to be moved out of the way. But the Bible says that an angel, one angel, moved it out of the way. And I, I love how the gospel writers put, he moved it out of the way and then he sat on it. I just love that note of confidence and, and victory. And then after Jesus conquered death, hell, the grave, all of that, and then got together, even folded up his, his burial clothes and laid them neatly. That's a note for everyone. Lay your stuff neatly. And then he came out of the tomb and he walked into town. Now let's go back a little bit because I want to connect Easter with our life and with our life right now. In John chapter 11, we read about Lazarus and Lazarus was uh, Jesus' friend. The Bible makes note of this. This was a friend that he, he loved. And Lazarus became very, very sick and his sisters sent word to Jesus uh, about this and, and Jesus didn't come right away. So when he does come, Lazarus has been buried for three or four days. And Lazarus' sister Martha comes out to greet Jesus and he says this, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. And I'm going to paraphrase here, but Jesus essentially said, hey, uh, trust the timing. 
trust my timing and I'm here now and your brother will rise again. Uh, then a few verses later, Jesus says these, in, uh, these incredible words, we're familiar with these. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. And he raises Lazarus from the dead. So when I hear and see that, that I am the resurrection, and then the impact that that has on us, Jesus is literally saying, I am your resurrection. I am your resurrection. And even though, just like Lazarus' sister was thinking, you know, this, this, is, this is hopeless, this is irreversible, this is too late. And Jesus said, hey, trust my timing. I'm here now. Remember, it's the presence of power. I'm here now. And I am able to be your resurrection. I am the resurrection and the life. I am your resurrection. And I will help you to rise again over whatever it would be that you need. Then in John chapter 14, verse 19, very familiar, very powerful verse. It says, because I live, you too shall live. Again, he's saying, I am the resurrection. Actually, I am your resurrection. Now, here's the point for us. Jesus is saying, because I rose again over everything, I can help you overcome anything. Hear that again. Because I rose again over everything everything, I can help you to overcome anything. Well, how? How could he help us this way? It's the same as the resurrection of Jesus himself. It's the presence and the power of God. It's the agent of action of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit, that brings that resurrection power into our daily lives. In John chapter 20, and this is after the resurrection, in John chapter 20, let me just read this passage. Now Thomas, called the twin, and I'm reading from the New King James, one of the twelve was not with them when Jesus came. Jesus had appeared to the disciples prior to this. The other disciples therefore said to him, said to Thomas, we have seen the Lord. So he said to them, unless I see his hands, in his hands, the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. And Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, peace to you. And then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but be believing. And Thomas answered and said, my Lord and my God. Now what strikes me in this is Thomas's faith and Thomas's hope and Thomas's purpose had died also. It died with Jesus on the cross. And what happened now is the literal presence and power of Jesus there in the room with him uh, resurrected and caused his, his faith and his assurance to rise again. So it could be something we feel. It could be something that is important as our faith and our hope and our assurance. It could be a situation that we're going through. And I want you to know that Jesus is the resurrection. He is your resurrection. And because he rose again over everything, he is able to help you and I overcome anything. Thank God for that. Now, in John 10, in John 20 rather, Right after this, 
uh, it reads, And truly Jesus did many other things, many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. So these are written very specifically, intentionally for us to read because they help us to believe that Jesus is the resurrection and that by believing in him, as the scripture says, and, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Now, this life that we're talking about, John 10, 10, I want to read this in the Amplified Bible, says that uh, uh, I came that they may have life and enjoy I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. That's the kind of life that he wants to bring to us, a life that is overflowing, a life that is overcoming, and a life that is present here and now, and also a life that is eternal and everlasting. Listen, everything that Jesus did, his entire earthly life, everything he did was for you. And notably, and what we're focused on right now is, you know, his death, his burial, his resurrection. Um, everything he did, he did for you. So when he says, I am your resurrection, he's saying again, because I rose again over everything, I can help you overcome anything. I can help you to rise again and rise above whatever may be going on in your life and your situations. Listen, he died so we could live. And he rose again to give us a meaningful life and the power to live it. Believing is the key. Believing is the key, though. And for the power of the resurrection to mean anything to you, for the power of the resurrection to have any impact in your, in your life, you must believe. You see, believing releases the power of the resurrection. That's all he wants from us. He has the power. He has done the heavy lifting, as I say. What he wants from you and I is to open our heart and to open our minds and to open our life and say that I believe you. And so whether that is you already as a believer, believing him to help you in life, or maybe you've never received him into your life, you need to open your heart, your life, and just and say, you know what, I believe. And believing does not require that you have to figure it all out because Jesus did some things no one can ever fully figure out or explain. But it's by believing that is what releases the power of the resurrection into our life and into our situations. And this is what I know. We all have some situations. And again, Easter tells us, hey, whatever your situation, Easter tells us the worst thing is never the last thing. And what you're going through, you're going to get through because that's the way our God does he rose again, just like he said he would. Think about that. He rose again from the dead, and he told them that he would, and he did exactly that. So if he was able to rise again from the dead, just like he said, I think we can believe anything else that he would tell us. His word is full of his promises, of things that he has told us. And I'll tell you, for every problem, there is a promise. And I can believe what he said about anything because he said he would rise from the dead and he did that. Imagine if there was a person said, I can race a deer and I can pick up a truck. 
and then they do it. Well, guess what else? Then for their next their next feat of strength that they would say they could do, I, I, I believe them. You know, so if they, hey, I can race a deer and pick up a truck and they do it. And then they say, because, you know, that's a pretty big deal. Parallel that with the resurrection. Then anything else would they would say, you know, I'm, now I'm going to race your, your grandma and I'm going to break a stick. Well, I have full assurance that he can do that because he has already done the greater things. He has already done the bigger things. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead, just as he said. So I believe that you and I can count upon everything else that he has said and he has promised. He is the resurrection. He is your resurrection. I want to encourage you today to believe him, to believe him. Let me read to you from Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. It said that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you're made right with God. And it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. I want all of us right now to pray a prayer together. And if you have never accepted Jesus into your heart, this wow, what a day to do this. To just believe with your heart. And I'll lead you in this prayer. And if you're already a believer, hey, this is a great thing to just reaffirm today. And, and then also to give him the Lordship and let him be your resurrection over not just life, but the situations of life. Let's pray together. Make my prayer your prayer. Father God, thank you that your incredible love for me, you sent your son, Jesus. And Jesus, you came and willingly went to the cross and endured all that you did, died on my behalf so that I could have forgiveness of sins. And then you overcame death, hell, the grave, darkness, sin, curse, all of that, and rose again by the presence and power of the Father. And you came and, and presented yourself as the resurrection and the life. And I receive you as my Savior. I receive you as my Lord. I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. And I say with my mouth, Jesus, you are Lord. Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. Come into my heart. Come into my life. And I thank you, Lord. Help me to walk in my relationship with you. Help me to grow in my relationship with you. And I thank you as a result. I have helped every day in this life. And then one day I have a home in heaven forever. I thank you now today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And if you prayed that prayer today, please let us know. There's a feature online where you can indicate, you can raise your hand, let us know. We would love to rejoice with you, to be praying for you, and also to get some information to you uh, to encourage you and to help you to, to know how to learn, to walk and grow uh, in this great relationship with God. God bless you. Hey, and uh, next week, don't forget, please join us. Uh, I'll be starting a new series called New Normal. We're uh, going to be working very hard this week in so many ways for all ages uh, to connect with you. So please stay connected with us. Know that we love you. We're praying for you every day. And we look forward to the time very, very soon that we're all going to be back together again. So thank you again. Happy Easter. Peace to your house.